0: And sit
1: down Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, Batman. Our bikes love us and we love them back as we ride through the city by the cars
0: like black on the teeth of the town. We just keep on singing. We're unstoppable. Oh
2: unstoppable hell yeah. Us.
3: You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von During. One of the most important decisions you will make is to be in a good mood. For every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. So, crank it up and be happy, my friend.
2: Oh, hell yeah, brother. Yeet Unstoppable kids, yeah. Get your bike and go. <laughs>
0: Get your bike and go. Unstoppable <laughs> <laughs> pedal and flow. All right, so all right, so there we go. Good job. Nice, happy dinner. You know, I'm with, uh, with cycling <Dial-C2> riders and your master's
3: leader. we <laughs> for one-two, one-two one, masters. All first, the guy, back again. good,
0: good
3: ride again. Heath, of good races. racing though. Uh, man, that's so exciting.
0: Glad to see folks not give up either, man, you you know, you get shelled, it's, it's not a big deal, finishing, you know, just keep it going, I know what it's like to be shelled.
2: Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Duren. I'm here with Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? I am sitting in the wrong position today. It's awkward. I just realized that. You're weird. sitting over in... And it's not. It's
3: not even in Lance's position, because be Lance would be
2: sitting over this on way. the other side. It's whatever, wherever Jake put the microphone. He's in the gray <laughs> area right now.
1: Are you Are you feeling a little, like, romantic?
2: Uh-huh. Dr. Lance Hepler? Oh, oh, he's, he's feeling 70... Dr. Dr. I, I feel like we're missing someone. 75% like missing romantic.
1: We are. Mr. Hepler's not here. He's doing grunt work today.
2: Yeah. He's a sledgehammer.
3: That that man the the videos and photos he was putting up, he basically was a contractor full-time this last week, right? Like I mean he he did his own demo, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was doing the demo cuz
1: to quote Lance, any monkey can do demo. <laughs> so that's,
0: yeah, he, yeah, that's, that's why he's going out there to do that. Wants <laughs> to demo is fun. <laughs>
1: this whole thing with his townhome condos or whatever those things are that burnt down, it's turning out to be quite the little fiasco for him, which is real unfortunate. It's going to be pretty expensive, so he's just trying to mitigate some of the did cost. He find a
3: contractor yet. I don't know. <laughs> I Poor
1: think guy. maybe. Oh my gosh! I don't know. He's he's oh. having a hard time with that. His ride title yesterday was kind of indicative of uh, how difficult it is in this. Uh, I think day it's and easier
3: age. to find an accountant right now than it would be to find a contractor.
1: Probably, probably. <laughs> anyway,
3: all right. It's Matt's left. Evan Price. Who we got some. We are we are Ooh. just really creative with our drinks right now. Jake's been so busy he doesn't even have a drink. You have like,
2: Matt common. is you don't even have anything caffeinated or this is super sugary. This is I know this. What's, well, your, what's your deal, man? Tried five
3: days of health and see if that helps. I just forgot to grab the Red Bull on the yeah. way
2: out. <laughs> yeah, I would. Caramel mousse. What would happen to you if you were like no caffeine? Jake, Jake, the the
3: the model of health over here with his clear mind, Brew Doctor, kombucha, and, and Matt is today's a boring day. Matt is. You feeling okay,
2: Kirkland? Kirk, I'm feeling feeling. The the Kirkland, you know how I feel about today, Kirkland.
3: Kirkland. I feel lime. That's
2: how I Kirkland feel. Kirkland, lime. Did your sponsor check finally uh, come in? Oh yeah.
3: I know. I was expecting him to come in with like a like a six pack for everybody or something. I right know. Yeah. Hey, let's jump into some
1: backpedaling real quick. Anybody race here this past week? No. No. crickets. do oh, wow.
3: do anything. No.
1: There was bike racing this week. There was none of bike us, racing. It was all cyclocross related. There was, Lance yeah. Lance would
3: typically talk about that. Did uh, Paul race? We can pretend like Paul, Paul did his race Paul raced background. this past weekend and did Have fantastic.
1: He raced in the uh, Cat 1-2 cyclocross on yeah. Saturday. Led it on the podium, got third place.
3: Wow. Nice. Way to go, Paul. Solid.
1: Went out and raised- Did all,
3: Robert win that race?
1: No. A flip- I think Philippe and Armstrong won that race. Okay, gotcha. And then Robert Rob-
3: won something this last week. I'm, I'm
1: not sure. I but just saw a podium back of him. The Sunday race... Um- which was down there at the Deschutes Brewery, if I'm not mistaken, down in yeah. Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they called it Jubilee or something like that. It was. It looked awesome. The The videos and the pictures I saw were fantastic. Uh, Paul raced in the single speeds and ended up winning. he win? He won. Paul's on fire. You want to know what's even more incredible about that? Yeah. He actually had to go into the pits for a mechanical. The, the mechanic who was working the pits was AWOL. The, nobody knew where he was at. So Paul, being a mechanic himself, went <laughs> ahead and fixed his bars because they were <laughs> slipping, jumped back out there, tracked everybody down, and ended up passing them and getting the win for the single speed class. Good job, Paul And
3: that single speed class has usually got some pretty solid guys and it's a pretty well attended Paul's um, just like super quiet and humble about this stuff, but it's interesting when you have somebody in the community that's actually that strong I mean, he could he's going and winning regional Pacific Northwest races. Like that's that's a big deal.
1: It, it is it, and yeah paul will tell you like you know not all the normal heavy hitters were there and there are some guys that are stinking fast that weren't it's there agent he's across. still still young
3: still hangs with them relatively yeah. well so good yeah. job paul cool. good work paul yep. keep on uh, keep on carrying the uh, Vancouver community racing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right but anyway the uh, back pedal real quick Evan, go who mine is going to be short because i want to hear about this huge new
2: video from
1: our uh, one and only oh, matt legrand i think but, we talked
2: about it last week did we it doesn't. I think it's again. worthy of, a, talk of about a, it like an update, like <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, Matt yeah,
1: LeGrand's right. video went viral. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have viral. lead out news is, virality, is just going to be that viralness of a video. Let's yes, see. let's check some stats for you. Yes, guys.
3: let's check the stats. This is going to be my backpedal. Video
2: was posted eight days ago, and mm-hmm. this was
1: the video that Matt did. Did um, Apple just kill Garmin? I think was the yeah, title. Did Apple mm-hmm.
2: did the Apple Watch Ultra just kill Garmin? And it got a little bit of flack for clickbaity title.
3: I think I think I give people compliments if it's clickbaity
2: enough. I was it like, should, "You got me, you, <laughs> you, you got." I think. You. if you want to be on YouTube, you also, need to, who you gets need to mad to, at clickbait anymore? Everything is clickbait. It's just yeah, it is. It is part of YouTube, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, currently at two hundred ninety-two thousand views, Ooh, creeping up on the big three. Yeah. Ooh. So when are you going to retire? I'm, I'm. I'm. This
3: is your golden goose.
2: Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm retired, and this is it. <laughs> full-time podcaster now there you go yes. now in eight
1: days though that has become your biggest video of all time oh, eight yeah. days
2: in eight oh, days oh my gosh
1: what's what's number two uh yeah, that's a 945
2: a, Gar- a garmin 945 after 100 days and it was my top video for super long it's, okay it's probably 130 a views on that one wow but that was over a two-year period yeah, or more, whatever yeah. it is. you know. Closely so followed by the video like,
3: that we did together, right? That like, one is right, right on its heels. Right there. <laughs> In the hundreds. I think it's top 100 of your 110 videos <laughs> you've, you've made. ever made. The video I did with you did
2: okay. <laughs> Let me see. One with Ari, 5.7 thousand. One with Evan, yeah. what was just Evan. He's a popular guy. He's pretty popular. I liked. I liked the video that we did. So, it was fun. I thought
3: it was very artsy and very documentary. 2.8 thousand. There
2: you go. I, that's what I want. I mean, it'd be cool yeah. to do more like documentary style yeah. films. And, and I, going, do, I didn't do more of that and stuff. And
3: going off of uh, that video, my backpedal was pretty similar to what you saw in that
2: video. Actually, I just did. Just <laughs> sat race, on Reference Matt's video. <laughs> pre- <laughs> yeah, it, is,
3: it was slightly sunnier. And that's that's about the only difference. But yeah, yeah basically. Because we did
2: that in the winter. That, that yeah. And it rained on that day that we it were did. doing. We're like, what's it like to train? all day (laughs) when when your season doesn't
3: doesn't really end at any point (laughs) yeah are you
2: going to are you ever going to take a little breather a little break
3: i don't i'm feeling really really good right now there's
2: always there's always something with you every time every time do like but you guys remember even two three years ago
3: when i would go through big blocks of training i was like i am really tired right now like i feel tired i want to stop like i just don't want to do this right now i haven't felt that way in like three four months i feel great i don't feel the need maybe
2: some of this work your work-life oh, balance i better. did
3: i did a lot better job this year at balancing that and realizing that if you actually want to train yeah. 24 plus hours a week you also have to recover you can't pretend your way through 24 hours a week i started to realize the difference between 18 and 20 and 26 is you need to rest more you yeah. you cannot force your way into a 26 hour training week it doesn't work yeah you can it'll, it'll last two three months and then you will be injured. What's guaranteed. the
2: race in California? La Quinta. I don't remember. La Quinta. Yeah. La Quinta and it's what's the other city? Right. Named after the Palm motel. Springs? So Palm Springs. Palm, yeah, Palm Desert. Yeah. 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 Palm Springs. Yep. So you have one more race or two more races?
3: I got Augusta this weekend. Okay, so that's right I'm, Augusta. Yeah, I'm Wait, going to this Georgia this weekend. This weekend, I got a race All right, right you're now. You're looking for my brother, right? Yes. Well, uh, that and I'm going to ask everybody Big in the out. city if they know you. Yeah. Only Georgia's is basically Alabama, right? That's true. Same diff. Yeah. And, yeah, uh there's like five people. If, over if there.
2: you find two people, there will be two people at that race that know me. So that's that's good. Pretty, I'm pretty, I'm, pretty I'm planning good, on asking everybody,
3: numbers. and and you already told me the video mode. I got to take the camera in. So
2: yes, I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be filming yourself while you're racing or. Matt
3: should Matt should go from his best video ever to his worst video ever, which is Evan walks Evan around filming, Georgia and asks people, people if they know Matt. <laughs> no B-roll. And just then that. and then just like
2: <laughs> happen to come across my brother. Oh yeah, of course yeah. I know. Him. <laughs> like, I was like, Matt, him. sure. Oh, no, <laughs> yep. Big guy will be like, Yeah, he's my neighbor. Yes. He was my neighbor growing up. But yeah, hopefully you run into those guys and maybe have dinner with them or something. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Is it just you I'll or do. you going with Cass? Well, hopefully I win a paycheck. You know, I get in eighth place. I'm joking. That that would be a day. That'd be good.
2: That'd be a You day. can do that. I think that race that has got potential. of all
3: the races. Of all the races that have a I'm not gonna say there are no more soft start lists, but this is not PTO Dallas. I just not happened, PTO so. Dallas in no. the swim, it's not Santa is, Greece, The swim yeah. is
2: fast enough. It'll help. All the little things can help. Absolutely. Who's going with you? Are you going by yourself? Me and Cassie. And okay, then uh cool.
3: my mom and dad are
2: actually going to come down because we're not seeing Uh-oh. them for a while, so yeah, it'll be nice to have, see them. Is it a quick trip? Or are you going to be there for a little bit? Three days, four days. Oh, that's pretty quick. Yeah. You're probably not gonna have time to. Well, see. Hopefully, tell my brother to have like coffee with you guys, or yeah, whatever.
3: Give uh, give me his number before. Okay. I leave. Yeah. Pastries. Pace, yeah. Post race pastries. Post race pastries with Matt's
2: brother. That would be pretty cool.
3: That's a that, that's a fun video
2: title. right It seems like a good idea. <laughs> There's this YouTube channel. There's a YouTube account, Post Race Pastries. No one knows about it. Mm-hmm. Secret. Yeah. But it's actually pretty cool. I don't know who it's runs a it. It's a pretty cool channel. Yeah. I guess.
3: Everybody, please go follow that channel. Um, I don't know who runs follow it.
2: Follow it. Yeah. Subscribe. Like <laughs> and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and
3: subscribe. <laughs> Hit the notification bell.
2: <laughs> Smash that like
3: button. Smash the like button. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
0: yeah.
2: Cool.
1: So, Matt, besides I, like racking up all kinds of views, you, sure. you had anything That's cool going on this famous. past week?
2: Reply to comments. Reply to comments. No, um, I did a massively long day with the canvas cross country team, like 14 hours of <laughs> dealing with cross kids. And, yeah, that's uh, what David was have, telling us. I have another one of those days on Saturday. Nike Portland. You've been oh, to that one. Oh, I'm
3: missing that this weekend?
2: Yeah, you've been to that one before.
3: Dang it, I love going to that race so at Blue Lake. I'll find yeah. some
2: other races for you to go. So we actually have a race, which I'm going to go, we have a home meet today. So I have, okay. after this, I'm going to canvas High School, setting up the course. And we race all afternoon, mm-hmm. get back home late tonight. It's just so much cross-country right now. It's massive. How many weeks is it? Uh, I don't know. Um, 12, it, it gets. Probably. It switches down to um, varsity only, like mid-October. Mm-hmm. And so the last, like, th- three weeks or so is just 14 athletes, basically. Well, something like that. 14 athletes, a couple alternates. but More manageable. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's just, like, night and day from dealing with, you know 80 90 kids to to 14 it's just night and day yeah. so it's i'm looking forward to that i always you know feel a lot of relief when i go to practice and i'm like you guys know what to do go do it you know and then it's just you know dealing with that many kids and that many problems and everyone has something everyone has an issue and the races and multiple buses to deal with and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of stuff so they're calling for you right now. Yep. Yeah, I can hear him. I can hear him.
3: Coach Matt, my, my heel hurts, but not that much. Yeah. Like, I mean, but you know, it's only when I like, I don't know. Can I
2: run? I, I didn't eat today and I can't. That's been my favorite lately.
3: <laughs> no, but I love that towards once the kid's like, like almost the, dead and they're just like, I don't know why I'm so tired. Like, I guess I didn't eat today. You're like, didn't. all right, well, <laughs> all <laughs> so right. I, think, I think you just figured it out.
2: Uh, I, can, I can eat right now a whole bunch of salami. Now, I'll probably, then <laughs> we got to work out. I have so. stomach cramps.
3: Should I eat ice cream before practice? <laughs> I don't know. That was all we had in the car. Oh, we had
2: the car. <laughs> it was from a couple of days ago. From- <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you get so many questions like that. That's a a lot of fun but Is uh, starbucks frappuccino a bad idea right before practice right before practice oh they do have slushies all the time I'm like why do you guys have slushies all the time
1: i gotta love the working brain of a 14 to 17 year old you're like living it right now oh, yeah. you've got one of those
2: yeah i mean home.
3: you're yeah. literally in that range right what's like, the what's no... the funniest dietary comment you've heard from a kid
1: um my oldest came home yesterday she worked she, yeah. she's working at a, a restaurant and yep. they they kept her a little bit later because they're really busy and so she, she stayed and she worked and tips, yeah. and then it's time for dinner i'm like hey it's time for dinner let's go she comes downstairs i'm not hungry i'm like what do you mean you're not hungry it's dinner time it's sunday we always have dinner together well i i had a bunch of ritz crackers at three o'clock like it's 6 <laughs> 30 we're having dinner you had a bunch of ritz crackers i'm like come on now <laughs> Oh my God! Sit your butt down. We're having dinner. I
3: love, I love in her brain that that was why she's like, I'm not I'm hungry. Good. i had Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers. Yeah. <laughs> Ritz cracker Who eats Ritz is...
1: crackers still? Isn't that like a <laughs> your grandma kind of thing? No. Yes, no, it is though. Yeah.
3: That's that. That's very much like. I think I still eat them because that's what was at my grandmother's house when I was They're a good, kid. <laughs> so it's always good. me. I'm like you're hungry, yeah. grab a sleeve of Ritz. <laughs> hey, that's
1: <laughs> oh, the thing. Okay. I'm like, we've got Ritz crackers in the house. <laughs> that's
3: that's okay. That's Never. bomb shelter stuff right
0: hey, there.
1: That is. What's kind of crazy too is where she works. It's a pretty nice restaurant. They make really good food, and she gets to pick like one of like seven or eight things and she gets to, uh, um, you know, basically have that for lunch or dinner or yeah. whatever at the end of her shift, they give it to her. There's no charge for that. And like, wow, You opted not to have a nice meal instead of you know, coming home and having Ritz crackers? But, I mean, but
3: admittedly at that age, yeah. like, I mean, if you look at a menu and I'm, I'm like, especially the places that we would go now, i look at that menu yeah. and be like, I don't even know what this stuff is. I'm just like, I'll take a PB&J, please. Do you guys yeah. make that? Yeah.
1: Like that. <laughs> know, in her defense though, she's an old soul and she's very right. sharp and she's yeah. you know, not a ditz by any means at all, but that was one of those moments like what are you <laughs> <to do? laughs> all right whatever that, that's really an age thing yeah yeah that's, that's teenager, really...
2: teenager brains are so different yeah um, expect that
1: for my 13 year old son not my 16 yeah, year old totally. daughter but anyway
3: yeah
2: but yeah so biking and swimming um not a ton of running i did run a lot for you're that. mountain
3: biking a lot because you're because it's
1: practice
2: because right? i'm going yeah. to practice and i'm mountain biking basically every day and then um the at the meet i ran for hours and hours and hours until my achilles just was like you can't do that anymore so that was fun. Yeah, ultra mystery. very good th- idea, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna do some ultras. Uh <laughs> jump to do an ultra block. Compared to some ultra blocks. Uh but yeah, so and and I'll probably do the same thing on Saturday. But it's like I can't do my Sunday long run, which I know it's like three or four miles, but still, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do that after a Saturday that's brutal. Yeah. So cool. I'm having fun. That's
3: good. That's, that's all that fun. matters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really right. do much this past week either, so I, nothing no I, I rode on tuesday wednesday thursday oh i rode with david goodman yesterday
3: we had some okay weather days right oh yeah we it was a beautiful yeah. week
1: i'm just still we've had good a stupid leg yeah injury thing that won't go away so we did yeah. our last uh we call it the encore ride for the the fog hat it wasn't a formal oh, yeah, fog hat. Yeah. we just everybody Non-formal. started at the same time and we just went out and did the course and there was a couple times in there where i Probably shouldn't have done what I did. So the, and that's like why I'm little, kind of feeling the love. And that's why I took Friday and Saturday off and then just did a light trainer session on Sunday. I got to basically just
3: take a few days and just rest. Is the last vlogging done now, too? Yeah, it's done. Okay. So, flog, gotcha.
2: Yesterday, David Goodman like burped his tire. On. He hit this weird yeah, rock in the road talking. and he yeah. like burped his tire, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just left him. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know, it's my only chance to drop him, right? Because what, wasn't
3: it a coffee ride? That's what David was told yeah, me. Yeah, but
2: I dropped him. That's
3: that's my David David tells me this is a coffee ride, Matt's like, Should we go out for this threshold ride together? Going out. <laughs> yes. We're going all out.
2: We're going all out. He hits a rock. That's that's on him. Drop him. Yeah. Exactly. Gonna drop him.
3: That's a mechanical.
2: It's mechanical. I gotta take full advantage yeah. of whenever he has any mistakes and just go. Uh, no no
3: outside I, help. That's I'd an Iron Man I
2: buried myself <laughs> for the last three miles.
3: <laughs> he he caught back up to me for twenty minutes of fixing it. But.
2: <laughs> but yeah i think it, it never sealed back up so he had to call yeah him, he was pretty yeah. About it. yeah 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 that sucks so, tough times
1: yeah <laughs> tough times <laughs> right on let's uh let's jump into that whole news thing uh, we've got a different sportscaster here today we've got uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> sir speedos over oh, here nice. Sir speedo <laughs> i'm
3: I'm like the uh, the other YouTube Matt LeGrand guy, you know, is on the beach with like the Speedo and does the Christmas music. I love that
2: guy. That's me. <laughs> he's like one of my, fav- How, he's my, my favorite, he's my favorite YouTuber. Should,
3: should we have that guy out?
2: <laughs> I, was, I feel like he should be on the podcast. I
3: checked on him. How's he doing?
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, we should check on him because sometimes, you know, you got to worry about those guys. <laughs> I think he was, bro, the star burned way too bright too early. <laughs> uh,
3: something. Something. Okay, so, so there's some uh,
1: some championship
3: races going on. There yeah. is so the the UCI Road World Championship is going on right now, and that is it all week. Is yes, it? Okay. so that and actually, I think it's a little longer than a week. Technically, it like started this last Saturday, I believe, and will go all the way till like next Sunday. So the the road races are a bit, but the big news was the time trials. So. This is going to lead into our topic today, but there was a big shock in the men's field, which was, um, the, the, uh, the first day I think Uh of, of, I think it was the time trials on the first day. Yeah. Yeah. So the reigning champ was Filippo Gana. The two-time reigning champ, actually, I believe, was Filippo Gana. Yeah. Heavy
2: heavy favorite.
3: Heavy favorite. Also, in the middle of his training, leading up towards an hour record attempt. So really, in theory, you would think this thing is in the bag for Filippo. Yeah. I mean, he is very strong. There are other, in this era, very good time trialists. But a few of them are your GC type guys. So you're talking, you're not sure where their form is going into this time of year. Remco evanpool was there and raced very well. I believe he was on the podium. Matt, do you have the results up? Because I to have, yeah, I have the winners. Don't. I, I believe uh, Remco was on the on the podium. You also had Stephen Kung, who was second, who is a time trial pure time trial specialist, very Philippe Bugnana esque rider too. Um, but the winner was Tobias Foss, who. I don't think a single human being who was betting anything was going to put money on Tobias Foss from Norway winning.
2: Someone, he was having some sort of conversation with an announcer and they gave him a 0.03% yeah. chance. It was some crazy weird. small chance. Yeah. Is, it was a now, weird thing to have commented. I
3: do think that if you've been paying attention, we'll talk about this in a little bit, that is, it's not wild that, that he, it makes sense as we start to see what's what's happening in the landscape right now. But in the, and in way less shocking news in the women's Ellen Van Dyke tore the time trial course up. Now this, this time trial course was Ellen Van Dyke rides very well, in my opinion, on hard courses. Like she's, she can put out a ton of power, but she's going to do well on a course. That's like, Hey, this is a little longer time trial. There's some lumps here. Like this is, this is tough. And she just crushes. So, that's not a surprise. The men's time trial win was a big surprise. That is not who everybody thought was going to be there. And Ghana wasn't even on the podium.
1: Seventh place. Seventh. Yeah. He was.
3: Oh, geez. He fell 56 through the floor. Six
1: seconds slower.
3: Yeah. So at the end of the time trial, there was a, a, a decent hill. Mm-hmm. The the averages you see these guys put out to are amazing. They're averaging like 31 miles an hour on a course that has hills in it. Jeez. They're like how? I mean, it's just it's just amazing. But Ghana was within touching distance until that, that last big spike. And he just, the floor went out from under him. He yeah. just did not, he did not have this. I mean, Tobias Foss
1: couldn't carry his momentum. Time yeah. trial that yep.
3: perfectly. Yep. Also Foss coming into the finish was averaging over 70 kilometers an hour going down that, that last Jeez. hill.
1: Yeah. So he finished with a time of 40 minutes and two seconds. And yeah. we had Felipe Gana finished with forty minutes and fifty-eight seconds. That's a pretty big. That's spread. That's a huge gap. That's yeah. a huge gap. And then Stephen Kung took second place, yep. and he was at forty minutes and five seconds. So he, he was, was close. only three we seconds close. off. So that's that's pretty stinking fast. And then Evan Pole finished at forty minutes and eleven seconds.
3: Yep. So Evan Pole right now, I think I think what that shows is I'm wrong again. Evan Pole is really really fit right mm-hmm. now. Very 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 fit.
1: We I was talking with a couple different people about this last week, and it's kind of funny. Everybody like. Mm. They always allude to you.
3: <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, because I hate how you the feel, guy. But, yeah.
1: uh, I know that Evan would I'm also not the him. only
3: guy. This guy's very polarized. There's a lot of people. It, yeah, it's not, the not like only I'm hating, like hating Pogaccio, where it's like, why would you hate Pogaccio? He's a super nice guy. Yeah, but. Okay.
1: but there's a lot of people that are saying that they're not going to put him in the tour next year. That it's probably another two to maybe even three years off. How do you feel about that? What do you
3: think? I think that that shows that they know he's still not Pogaccio or Vingago. Cause if he was well and, and that might change after this. They they might after an off season of training look at him and be like, No, let's go on the tour. Like he's he's it right now. But I think it's it's two things. I think it's maturity and I think they realize that he is not the elite climber that a Vingago or Pogacha is just yet. Mm. The thing is He's close, but he's not he's not there's a difference between being Roglic and being Vingago and Pogacha right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that they see Evan Paul more as roglitch
2: still. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is is that a three-week tour like that, anything can happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like you kind of want to be there to take your chance if something happens, mm-hmm. right? Like, even if you're... And who knows, in three, four say, years, he might not
3: a, be the writer he is right now. Yeah. I mean, these are... We're talking the very tippy-top of this sport. Your time there is usually pretty short. Like, I mean, yes, you have the Lance era. You have, you right. know, the Merck's era. But those are once-in-a-generation type writers. Most of your really good writers. I mean, it's it's a come and go. It's a three, four year period. I
2: think, I think if you're top five, you should be there just in case. Yeah, I agree. It's I like, agree.
3: if your fitness is like, hey, I think I'm good enough to be top five, you need to go to the tour right now because be, it might not be there next year. Well, and, and yeah. yeah,
2: that reason. And you just never know what's going to happen to those top two guys. I mean, we all think that he could be probably third. Realistically. Yeah, yeah I think
0: third is, and, is a safe thing. anything
2: bad. could happen to the top two guys. Exactly. Somebody can crash. I don't know. So
1: Who, then, else, is gonna, who else is it going to be? I mean, Quickstep has got a pretty Maybe solid fourth. lineup. But Who else are yeah. they going to take in, in support for the tour? That, Alif that, would be the only You think, other, again, yeah. at 30 years old, just give him another yeah. crack at it? Give him one more crack
3: and then give Evan Poole your – that I mean, might be their plan. They're,
1: they've always said that he's not truly a GC guy. And it was yeah. that one year where he just kind of rode out of his mind for that yeah. week and a half, and
3: right. it, then he kind of fell off. He's more
1: of like a one-day classics guy. He
2: could be a great, like – He's a great rider. Team, great team yeah. captain, oh, team yeah.
3: – that's the guy like, you want leading he, the tour team, but I know, but
2: yeah. he could be, he could be very super helpful. domestic kind of guy, super yeah. domestic type. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and I mean, you you need you got, that. Then you got two riders. <laughs> they yeah. still need a they still just in need case a lot something bad people. happens.
3: Yeah, you you got two guys.
2: Yeah, I think they still need a team around. You know, they're Grimbo. still not Jumbo Visma. No. no
3: matter what, they're not the Jumbo Visma is the is the postal uh, right right now for tour teams. They built their team around yeah. winning Speaking the Tour de France.
1: Yumbo, they had a little bit of a i don't know their, their names take their sponsor oh did no. you hear about what happened there it was like a raid of the the ceo of the, the oh, yumbo like restaurant not restaurant but the grocery store chain yeah the grocery store, yeah, 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 the grocery store. everybody's yeah. like is there anything nefarious going on here that is affiliated with the team and whatnot i'm just kind of curious if we're gonna see maybe
3: like a oh, name change God, or? i hope that they don't then have to drop that sponsorship that would be bad yeah cycling does not need big names dropping sponsors that yeah. would be rough yeah. that's a Bummer. grocery store
1: that's what I thought too. I'm like, no, it's no idea. Yeah, I'm like, what is Jumovisma? I mean oh, all I'm these thinking in my head, like just like some like electronics company or something? Like, always, what
3: is it? I always joke about this with like all these toy friends and we all know the name brand but like I couldn't tell you what half these companies like, yeah, like what is Quick Step.
1: It's a flooring company, isn't it? Is it?
3: I had no idea. I think so. I have no
0: idea.
1: <laughs> but what's edX or what's uh yeah, no idea. Well, I mean,
3: EF Dropic, what's
1: that? I feel, Ineos. Like
3: it, I feel like it used to all be
1: like um, cell companies. Isn't that something to do with day. cars?
3: Yeah, Indios is something like that. Um, yeah. And then I used to think Sky. I used to think that was Sky Vodka. Vodka, same. I, it's <laughs> not apparently, yeah, cause no, that's it's too a, wise. It's, the, it's, it's a television, it's network.
1: A television yeah, network. Yeah, it's a television network. I used to think British that was Sky
3: Vodka for the longest time. Maybe we need to do
1: that when we go into the thing and talk about like, who are these sponsors? Companies.
3: Our next hot seat should be purely team names. Like,
2: do you know what company this is? It's going to be... gonna be like one out of ten no idea
3: yeah crazy u.s postal service got that one Mail. (laughs)
2: yeah all right last that's a good idea
3: last lead out thing there was pto dallas which is the u.s open is what they have branded it for triathlon they just had the canadian open not too long ago this was the u.s open uh guys who do this sport full-time get to race in this and do it well so you have to be i think in the the top 50 to get invited pto you're making money doing the sport if you got invited to this yep Big
2: prize purse, million-dollar like, prize purse. Eric didn't get invited. No. Uh, oh, he I just he, won Santa Cruz, and he didn't get invited.
3: I'm not sure if he was in the top 50 or not. I don't know. He's close. He's he's right there. He, he, he might He he, might be, he, would have been, he is in the top 50. I think he was supposed to go and then denied it because he didn't want to race in the heat, which is smart because it was insanely hot. It was it, at 2 p.m., and it was like 100 degrees feel.
2: Whatever he did was smart because he won yeah. that Santa Cruz, yes. which is much better than getting, than a heat getting stroke. 50th yeah. at Dallas. And,
3: like, dying of a heat stroke because yep. it, it was insanely hot. Uh, The women's race was won by Ashley Gentle, who literally literally ran through the field to win that. Came way off the back um, behind Taylor Nib coming out of T2. Taylor Nib crushed the bike, and then Taylor had kind of fallen apart towards the end of the run, and Ashley caught her and ran straight by her running a blazing, like, 104 split, 104 and change, which was, I think, like, 540 pace. She was flying out there in that
2: heat. What was the distance?
3: Uh, it's a weird distance. It's yeah, it's yeah. close to a seventy three, but not quite. So it's like a ten and a half mile run, fifty one mile bike, and then a a two and a half k swim. So it does favor strong swimmers.
2: That's well, probably probably more reasonable.
3: Yeah. What strangely enough, going into the men's race, the 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 um race, race was controlled by the strong bikers who biked from the back of the field all the way through. S-
2: but also, I mean, not being a strong swimmer, Sam Long, I think that put a puts a dent in your chances yes. when you're what was he like two minutes back or something
3: yeah but he, so he was two and a half minutes back biked all the way through the field into yep. second place though this is yep. where
2: but you have to you, you have to work a lot though. of matches
3: he he had to use a lot of matches I mean, but i still think he threw down amazingly and ran himself into third place so stayed right. with he got chased down the last like 100 meters by didlev okay great battle between those two we're talking two of the best iron guys for the next 10 years probably right there's didlev and sam long i think but the winner was Colin Chartier who just started training with Lionel Sanders and has just started training under the Norwegian coach.
2: Norwegian method.
3: He literally goes to coach change this year, boom, straight into winning his... He's been a pro for a while too, just won his biggest race By ever. a lot. And he smoked this... I mean, he ran through that field like it was going out of style. He was crushing it. He did well in the heat. He, he, had the, he was the only guy at the finish line too to not just eat it right after. Mm. like he got to that finish line and he's racing Kona too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He got to that finish line. and was just like fresh, still walking around, did his interview. Sam speaking, Long.
2: Speaking of Kona, when is our Kona takeover? Do we need to figure that out? Is it going to be, it's gotta be next week, right? Probably like next we are week. out of time, right? Maybe we'll see. We're, we're, we're going to see Josh might stay
3: be able tuned. to do next Monday. <laughs> we're going to stay tuned. Okay. Moving on
2: there. Okay, cool. That's the 20 next Monday will be the 26th. The race is on, October 6th and October 8th. Yes.
3: Potentially tune in next Monday if you want to hear us incorrectly predict everything <laughs> that will happen in that race.
2: <laughs> so we could do, we could record it on the third, but that's just pushing it pretty close. So it's all possible. Yeah. It's just because you never know who's going to get drop drop out of the race, right? Like last that's minute. That's true. Oh, oh yeah.
3: caveat for everything. It's like the Tour de France, where we do Tour de France picks. Oh man. And then the guy like gets sick right Soon. the day before. Yeah, you're like, Oh God dang
1: it. <laughs> all right. So we, we talked about these uh, results the Norwegian, yes. uh, that won
3: this whole Norway, Norway,
1: Norway. Yeah, this yeah. Tobias Foss, who's Norwegian. Mm-hmm. What, What is the Norwegian method? That is our topic for this week. Yes, we want to talk about that a little bit more. We've talked about this before in the past. You guys have brought it up with respect to triathlon and, mm-hmm. and running and all that other fun stuff. Let's discuss this a little bit more because it feels like it's starting to bleed out into more sports and we want to know more about
3: it and got some questions for you. So, yeah, so this was definitely a topic I wanted to bring up because in the in the triathlon world right now, I would say media-wise, the most searchable thing right now is, what, what are they calling it, Matt? The Norwegian hype train?
0: Is I there, mean, like, phrase? That's like the, you yeah, don't follow that's the, the YouTube's meme. enough for that's me, but that's, but that's, like, yeah. the
3: meme of it right now. So w- what what basically happened was there is a family called uh, so the Ingus Bertsons. if anybody follows running here. I know Matt obviously follows running.
2: That's a, yeah.
3: Your Your gold medalist in the 1500 this last year, was a mm-hmm. man named Jakob Britson, which I might get his age wrong. He's like twenty or twenty-one years yeah, old. That he is that. young, very young, very young. But
2: he was has been fast superstar. for a while. Though. He's a superstar at sixteen.
3: Yes, and he has—he's uh, the fastest sixteen-year-old ever, I think, in the mile. Yeah. He ran like three fifty mid, yeah. I think. Yeah, something, something absolutely insane. Uh, comes from a pro running family, so yes. his family is professional. But he was—he grew up in the Norwegian Olympic program, basically, and what. Norway had started to do. Now, understand that when we're talking winter sports, nobody who comes from a winter sports background would be shocked by, oh, hey, Norway is doing really well right now in summer endurance sports. They have been historically some of the highest uh, VO2 recorded maxes in Mm -hmm. testing. Um, I think to this day, they still hold... It's there like, was a young cycling time trialist who had some insane okay. number once. A uh, kid w- was a Conti pro for a while, but had an insane number, and um, they started testing a lot of uh,
2: cross country skiers too. Cross country skiing is like yes, Norway, Finland. It's no- like this yeah. is the thing that and they, they are really live for. Really good,
3: like those guys. All of downhill, a sudden,
2: downhill skiing and everything. I mean, it's like all yeah. the winter Olympic sports. Yeah, so and so you
3: and, and you saw a culture build. A, I mean, it was kind of like when Kenya came on the running scene. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, this country does this really, really well. I think in winter sports, it's always been that way with Norway. But now we're seeing that all of a sudden with running, we're starting to see it with cycling. And we definitely are seeing it with triathlon right now. Yeah. In in triathlon, it's even funny it's, that it's not even the country now. It's this, everybody in the pro sport is flocking to be coached by these guys. yeah. So even the guys that aren't Norwegian are being coached by the Norwegian program and are doing very very
2: well. Would you say it's fa- it's fairly safe to say the top two triathletes in the world? Yes, are from the same city,
3: same city, and Norway. grew up training together. Christian and Gustav, I believe, are the two best in the I world. I think that that's. that's I, think, I I think would... we could safely say that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is it safe to say
2: that they're training buddies? And they're they training grew up buddies together.
1: Are they clean? I mean, that's what everybody's gonna to want to know. I think. Don't
2: be suspicious. I, don't yeah. be suspicious. <laughs> so that's gonna. This, ha- we may have to play that and more this, than and once. And this is on the this question:
3: part. Is like, is is the Norwegian Norwegian program just man? They're out doping everybody. I don't think so, and the only reason I don't think so is because if they're walking that gray line, they're walking the same gray line everybody is. They document a lot of their lives, a lot. There's a kid.
2: They do. I actually appreciate that.
3: There's a kid in their juniors program who literally uh, documented his almost entire U23 development on his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Cedric, I forget his last name. I'll get his last name at some point. But um, he has a YouTube channel where is vlog style. And he, I mean, if they're doping, they're doing it real sneaky. Because that kid is even showing workout structure in their testing. Mm-hmm. He's like vlogging their testing, vlogging like what his training peaks is that week. Vlogging like his walk through the hotel and the Olympic center, talking to the, the coaches.
2: testing, all, all of that it. stuff. I've
3: yeah. always wondered with his channel, I was like, I wonder if Olav and like the guys that are actually running this Norwegian program ever watch his videos. They're like, man, you are showing way too much right now. Like you need to stop. You need to stop vlogging so much. But I, it's more the environment that they've created that I think is really special. Okay.
2: What What if it was something crazy like genetic doping? That'd be an
3: awesome story. If because they're crispering. It, Oh my gosh! Chrispring. They're using CRISPR. Like, think about it. Like
2: they did this. That'd be the coolest. Let's just say eighteen to twenty years ago, all yeah. of these athletes would be coming out right you, now. You find out
3: that Gustav and like and uh, Blumenfeld are actually related somehow.
2: They've been. Well, they've got the same. They all CRISPR come from
3: gene. like the same. Yeah, yeah, they all come from the same they got gene. One, they, got, they got some. <laughs> they got one bit of genes spliced <laughs> there, together. Some, that, they're somehow all related to the youngest Britsons too. It's like yeah, <laughs> you, you got all, the gold medalist, you got the world champion. Co., they're all brothers.
2: Yeah, they're, they all have the same genetic twist yeah. to it yeah. yeah
1: could there be any kind of an environmental yeah like influence on that like in terms of like the foods that they eat or where they live or the, the altitudes that they live at or the, yeah. the temperatures that they're exposed to I yeah
3: mean, so I think what's happening here and all oh man I get to like put on storytelling head we're gonna go into the past here so I've I've been hyper interested in this over the last like I'll say year so I've yeah. done a lot of my own training is kind of reflecting what they're doing um, what I follow my own reading and research wise in physiology is really following what is changing in sports science right now for endurance sports. And Norway is really the most vocal about what's changing, but what always happens, it's, it's like textbooks. This has actually been a 20, 30 year story that we're just seeing the fruition of now. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's just like we joke with medical textbooks. It's like, anytime you're talking to a doctor, he's talking to you what we knew 20 years ago, because that's what we learned in school and textbooks take a while to develop, Same thing in sports science takes forever to research this stuff. So what happened is there was, and there's a lot to this story, but from what I've gotten, there was a Norwegian involved with the Olympic program, uh, the track and field program that went to Kenya. This was in the nineties, I believe. And he basically started researching over an entire year, what they were doing in Kenya, because at this time in the nineties as Matt and who was winning a lot of medals in the nineties. Yeah. And the, well, were the Ethiopians on the scene yet? The Ethiopians yeah. were coming on the scene, I believe, at that time, because so, Gabriel Salase would have been winning too at that yeah, time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's his, Ethiopia has history in running that goes way back to the 70s. Gotcha. So it's okay. Just, it's it just became so dominant in the in 90s, the 90s It it was it just like, like went overwhelming. To, once
3: again, it was like something that happened 20 years ago. Now was like at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "Oh wow, the Kenyans and Ethiopians are dominating everything." Yeah. Which they they still. Kind of are to they, this day. Absolutely. I mean, abs- if Go you look at any major Olympic five k final, you're looking yep. between Kenya and Ethiopia. Half that field's Kenya and Ethiopia, yeah. and definitely Rift
2: Valley. I mean, it's like yeah. on the border there, so it's like you yeah. get it. You get that. I mean, this group. So, so I do think that there's regional advantages. Yes,
3: and and I think that there was this this realization that it was just like Jake said, it was an environment mm-hmm. that, that, that was created. So let's go through, Ken, let's just talk Kenya specifically yeah. as to how they became this. Kipchoge is a great example of this. Uh, they come from, generally those elite runners come from very humble beginnings too. So we're talking yeah. kids that are adopted into these running programs and running becomes their life. That is running is and their
2: life 90 percent of that group is from a similar genetic pool because it's yes. a, a tribal yes situation but there's also no, an not a lot of money in Rift no. valley no area so
3: uh, a lot of his rural living you know yep. K- 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 uh, kip choge grew up um, helping his mother as a i think i think she was a farmhand actually basically yeah uh had to run products to and from areas to R- running was his life that was what his job yeah his yeah. job school was not that kid's life he nope. did a ton of running everywhere uh, Gabriel Selassie's story is similar from the Ethiopian point of view. And you basically have these cultures that develop around. Now, there were European coaches that actually went mm-hmm. into these communities. In my opinion, all they did was organize it a little bit because they realized what talent was there. Exactly. And they organized these camps. Very famously, there was an old priest, if you ever saw, yeah. who um, okay. in Kiplagat, um, I believe, the city of yeah. He
2: has, I mean, if you... There's documentaries in, on back him. Back in the days, yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, it's where
3: Rudisha came from. So he was Radesha's coach.
2: He's he, if you actually hear him chat and stuff like that, he's pretty mellow. He's just like- very mellow. We have, I mean, it's basically you're putting together a school in the right location. Yep. That is supportive. And it's, I don't think it's that Give much. Beds work. and food and it's a group like, to run with. Dirt basically. track. Yep. Here, here you, here's where you run. And this is your ticket out. Yes. Of poverty. Yes. And, you know, he's had, I mean, he's had all like just. Dozens and dozens of world champions have gone through his little, you know, um, Catholic boarding school. Yep, and it's just because, like, it's a crazy
3: story when you look at it. It really is is. quite amazing, and and it created this environment. Very, very, yeah, and it and it created this environment where these runners could develop. What is interesting that this Norwegian found was not what you would think. In Western world believed at that time, they must be running harder than anybody else. They they must be doing some training that's out of this world because they're coming on the world scene and they are just blowing people apart. What he found was, so they're, they're running from a very, very young age and a shocking volume too. You have like eight year olds running like a hundred K a week if they needed to for, for living. Literally. If you have to. Yeah. It's literally, like literally for living
2: 10 K to school, 10 K home. Yep. Exactly. Right? So it's like, yeah, you do that. There's it, adds running for up, the week. it adds up. Yeah.
3: And what they were finding is they would get these kids into lightly organized running at younger ages. So they do these big group tempo runs. And they're, he's talking they're
2: about massive. They take over a whole road. Massive.
3: Yeah. yeah. And you got the uh the the tut bus with them basically hand out waters and all that. And they go on if you
2: have a good group, which if,
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it depends depends on how sponsored your group is, basically. Right. But yeah, if your group's was sponsored by Nike, they were able to. But they they have these huge group tempo runs. And let's say at the front of that group you got the older marathoners up there and those guys know world, that they're world going class world class. You know those guys are going 15 16 miles at tempo. So what this Norwegian found is how are they running these runs? Like what's what's the structure of it? Cuz he's a very, you know, he comes from western world exercise science. He's like, okay, how does this how like what stimulus are they doing? What he found was they had to get back so what does that mean? And he, he words it perfectly. He was like, it meant that they couldn't go to the well every single run. Mm-hmm. They couldn't shell themselves. Because if you're a kid, if you're 12, 13, you did 5K of that tempo, let's say. Right. Because let's say the, the top marathon is doing 15, 16 miles worth of it. Those kids are running semi within themselves for 5K, and then they realize, crap, I got to get back. Got to get home. I got to get back. Okay, I'm done. I'm done now. Like, I'm starting to feel that sensation, like I'm going to be tired on the way back. So, from a very young age, they developed this innate sense of where their lactate actually is, like where it sits. Hmm. And he started testing them and finding that they process lactate amazingly well, which obviously means, okay, they're gonna be good runners. But what he found was in their training, even in their hard track sets, like uh, Kipchoge very famously does a, a we, we called, at least the, the friends I had called the Kenyan Congo line, when it's like 20 guys Matt's seen these yep. videos running four hundred repeats, like twenty dudes in line. Yeah. And you do as many as you were able to until you're tired. And then you stop. But that was very particular. You're d- there there was the, the the Norwegian guy said he never once saw a Kenyan collapse after a track workout. And he said that's amazing because they're now until you're
1: tired. So you yeah. you have to know it's a subjective you thing. You got it exactly.
3: Yeah. And they develop that really innate sense at young ages. Yeah. Now what happens is then you do that for 10 years. Okay, you've stayed decently injury free during those ten years because you're not going to the well all the time.
2: Plus, if you think about like there's no wearing watches. I mean, you no, might yeah. I mean, there's none of that, yeah. right? Like
3: you you maybe got a stopwatch guy, but if you're at the back on, at of that tra- line.
2: At the track they got a stopwatch for sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah. your coach does. But, but like but if you're their, at the back of that line, they're only giving that to the pros. Yeah. They're, and the distance runners, yeah. I mean, they've got to like feel like, okay, I mean they have the massive amount of, you know, yeah, the pro guys in the front are probably have watches and things like that. Yeah. And that's but it. probably
3: most of those most guys of for five no to ten years they, are running. They don't by know how field. far they
2: ran. No, and they don't. They just know how fast I got to get ran. back. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's basically it. And, and they're the, building up this yeah. massive base at young ages. Mm-hmm. So what he comes back from Kenya and what he he knew at that point is he was like, it's all about the big long term picture. So we got to take kids young, very young. We can't take an 18, 19 year old that's been in collegiate programs and probably trained a little differently. We need to be really consistent with how these people train. And this is
1: if you want to compete at the very tippy-tippy tops. Yes. Now, yes. the same concept, you could, like, let's say somebody's a 30-year-old runner yeah. that's just coming into this whole running thing, and, like, they just discovered, or a cyclist, or a triathlete, or whatever.
3: Yep. Same concept. You can take this method to them. You yes. can, yeah. And this is, and I, I actually was just talking with this about somebody, where it was like, neat, I'm glad that you've looked at this this much, and you try and to understand this. Why does that matter to me? It was, it was somebody I coach. Mm-hmm. And, and I did tell them, I was like, what I'm, what I'm telling you is we have to gain an innate, a sense of how much effort you're putting out. Mm -hmm. And we have to know that what you're doing is not going over that threshold frequently. If you're going over that threshold, we're going to pay the price at some point. Mm -hmm. That's when injuries develop. That's when you see mental crashes during training, drops Mm -hmm. in motivation, you know, like big
2: ups and downs. And there's just less benefit to each workout. You got it. Exactly. You just like you lose quality. You're, you're. Amount of progression is lower than it could be. Yeah. Right. And
3: this is, the interesting thing is to have this talk with younger Matt would be an interesting one to talk with this about because it really does go kind of against how track and field, I was just talking with Micah Goff about this actually, with how, so we're taught in Western world track and field, there are going to be some workouts that are just really hard. Mm. And all of a sudden you start to realize that, well, I'm getting doing like two of those workouts a week where it just feels like I'm tanked yeah. at the end of these workouts. Now, Matt was a special engine because you were able to put out 100-mile weeks pretty consistently for a time
2: period. Yeah, but the thing to think about is, like, you do, you're you doing, let's say, 100 to 120 miles a week. Mm-hmm. 10 to 20 miles of that is hard? Hard, yeah. So very small percentage. Yeah. And when I was at Alabama, that coach was very good at watching us. And he would be like... He also coached Kenyans though, didn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. And I he bet he just, had
3: to adapt. Well, was, I mean, he might've always coached that we, way, but I wonder if he had to adapt over had, time.
2: The majority of the team was Kenyan and he would just be like, you're done. And just watching good. us really closely yeah. and being like, you're done. And just like, no... This is like, why you guys
3: won stuff too. And I think that that's
2: one thing <laughs> that I want to bring into my own coaching, you know, as I coach yep. these high school kids, is like really being able to watch the kids and be like, you're sick today. Yep. You can see it. You can see it like yep. there's kid on Saturday. You're like, falling you're, apart right You're now. sick today. Yeah you're done like going past that is counterproductive yep and so i mean he pulled me i mean i'm running with kenyans right like he pulled me from so many workouts yeah it's just like you could be having the workout of your life and be like like i remember i did one workout and it was i think it was five or six times a mile all 450 Mm -hmm. right and i finished and i felt like a million bucks i can do another one he's like no we're done you're done done." yeah like oh the worst I time want, you're done. But yeah. like, you know, and you just, you're happy because you're like, had a good workout, felt yeah. good the whole time. No it's, problem tomorrow doing another and that's, whatever.
3: And that's the so. biggest thing. When you look at how Jakob Ingus Britsen and that family trained and why he's so insanely good right now. i much
2: of his training.
3: I've, I've followed his channel a decent amount. Right. They've documented that family. It's all Norwegian, so you got to do the subtitles. Yeah. But they've followed that kid since he was like 15 on this channel. Very yeah. young. Yeah, He does to a T, what the triathletes are doing right now and what I assume oh, really? the cyclists are now doing is it is about volume in the gray area, right. which is nuts because does everybody remember, Matt might remember this, what was super popular in triathlon in like 10 years ago, let's say? Oh, I know me, me and Josh, polarized.
2: Oh, right, Polarized sure. was everything. Well, and it's not for nothing that's not Oh, it's not like it's still, it's not,
3: it's not like is now. Like this is our problem in exercise sciences. Whenever we see something new and shiny, we're all like throw away all the old stuff. It doesn't matter what the Norwegian method quote unquote is, is actually a recycling of a lot of older, uh, adages, right? It really is. But polarize got popular in my opinion, because it gave you the idea that there's a secret interval structure Mm. that you can find that's going to make you better and better and better without realizing that you have to be patient. Pol- right. Polarize was nice for the super shiny thing generation. Right, It was like, hey, want to get fast quick? Do polarized training. Because guess what? You will see improvements in like a couple months. But what happens? You are going over, you know, if if you're countering the Norwegian method, the polarized training is the exact opposite. It's, hey, let's go to your shelled like yeah. a couple times a week and then everything else got to be super, super, super easy so you can shell yourself again.
1: Did you watch the video that Dylan Johnson put out with Dr. C? Steven Seiler, I think his name is. No, I haven't and seen so that And So he yet. was kind
3: of talking about that,
1: and he mm-hmm. was talking about the polarized training, and talking about how deep, how far into the well you need to go, and his <laughs> yeah. his concept was a little bit more in line with the whole Norwegian method. He's yeah. like, don't, yeah, don't shell yourself. You're yep. the amount of time that you spend in that completely exhausted phase yeah. needs he to has be a mental far load left too. And yeah, and th- th- one of the other big questions was when I'm doing my hard interval sets, do I leave this completely leave myself completely shattered, completely shelled, and leave yeah. every last little ounce out there is like no. Yeah, you, you you need to pull back and you need to exactly. leave some of that for, for race, day race day. And let yeah. your body your body's gonna acclimate just fine, but yeah. you're you're not gonna put yourself in a hole so that you can't complete the rest of your your, yeah. your training during the course of the week. So and there
3: there was uh, uh the uh, a guy on a really really good podcast where he was talking about how to take the Norwegian method from the elite levels mm-hmm. where at the elite levels the main goal, like Jakob's main goal is I want to run kind of hard as much as I humanly possibly mm-hmm. can again, again, and again. A good example would be, um, let's say you're going on a college tempo run. Yep. I was just talking with Leo about this. He runs for UP because mm-hmm. you because uh, Leo's been injured for a while and, he, and he's trying to take on some of these Norwegian method ideas. Okay. And he was like, we get in this group of six guys. Two of those guys we know are about a minute faster than everybody else and we're all killing ourselves to stay with them. They're running within themselves. Right. Those other four guys are not running within themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. They make it through one of those workouts. Great. Cool. Shattered on the next one. Yeah. You just, you just lost those out. Of, and now you're scrambling. Cause now you're like a uh, big volume dip. Now I got to try to climb back up. Oh, right. I got an injury. Now, now you're, you're done. You just threw yourself off the rails. So the Norwegian method, the reason they use lactate testing so much is he was saying, just like Jake says, you got to know those moments to hold back in Western quote. We just didn't develop that way. Mm-hmm. we did not grow up at eight years old running 10K a day. No. And like knowing this, like we played, but we were not doing what the Kentons are doing for sure. Even the Norwegians are not. So he was saying that even at these young kids like Gustav and Blumenfeld, when they're taking them young, the Ingus they still test them young. So they develop this innate sense of... Where's my LT2? Where's my, they can
2: probably tell you Where's what their numbers are. Like when they're doing a workout, they're like, this, I've even this started is... to
3: get really close to guessing my own. Oh, really? So I decided I'm going to brag on myself for a second. I, I, I just had a workout that showed me that I'm doing this right. Um, I wanted to run, Josh wanted to run a workout that was going to be a little bit above LT2 for him. I wanted to do a workout that was going to be a little bit below. Worked out perfectly. I was like, okay, we'll run together. We're going to run 520 pace like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're hitting 520s. 1K, 2K, 3K, 2K, 1K. We were measuring lactate on the 2Ks. Okay.
1: Okay, time out. How are you measuring your lactate? Because uh, I know re- people are going to want to know Yeah, I know.
3: So um, I have a uh, uh, basically just a measuring tool that I prick my earlobe, and then Josh will squeeze the ear. You get a drop of blood you put it on the measuring little tape yes, sir. You guys okay. are blood brothers yeah exactly yeah. and then and then it, it 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 gives you a trust me we look so suspicious out of track like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like a st- there's like blood on like a towel right there you're like okay what are these guys doing but
0: they're injecting but anyways, roids into yeah, their exactly. ears that's, that's <laughs> probably what they think
3: if Weird you walk in and you're like what are you doping you're like yeah, nothing this is <laughs> so but um so what what i have found through my own testing everybody's lt2 that is threshold. Mm-hmm. So that's the term whenever anybody's talking about their quote unquote anaerobic threshold. I won't go into the nomenclature that I think anaerobic is a poor word to use for, but it's threshold. LT2, let's say. That's when your lactase starts to accumulate at a rate that you can't clear it. Mm-hmm. That's when things get hard, and you are not able to reconcile that hard. You cannot hold this effort for much longer. Yeah. There's
2: other physiological changes. Your breathing changes. Yep. Your heart rate changes. At like a specific spike spikes so that you yep. can see. Yep.
3: yep. And there's there's Very literally charts that when, you know when I was in the lab in undergrad, and actually looking at this stuff. There's literally a inflection in so, that. Yep. Just
1: to see. go back to the testing kit that you guys are doing. So you said you you prick your ear, you get a, a blo- drop of blood. Mm-hmm. Is there? Is this something that people can buy? Is it? A, oh yeah. Okay.
2: And everybody then, could just, use this. And so how much does this cost? It's the strips that cost a lot of money. It's not the testing The strips.
3: Piece. So we got to replace the strips usually once every couple months. I think the strips go for like 20 or 30 bucks. And I think the unit itself is like a hundred bucks. Okay. But there's a wide price range on these I've seen. Right. Too. Are some
1: better than others?
3: That's a great question. I haven't looked at enough of the, I know the one that we guys called the edge and it works fine for us. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'd be a little cognizant of one that's really cheap.
1: How quickly does the reader give you results? 10 seconds, I think. 10 seconds. 10 wow. seconds, yeah.
2: You know, you know what would be interesting is like a, con, you know how you have continuous blood glucose monitors? Mm hmm it would yes, be super, yes. super does anyone make something we've like that we've talked about this? no but I want somebody to come and on it, someone this is like a no that, brainer that technology
3: for, might be out there already and I bet I, oh man
2: the Norwegians have dude, if it if, I, I, if, I, if I was
3: Eden right now I'd be like yep this is we are making this right now and I'm retiring because yeah. we are going to sell this to every triathlete who wants to use this
2: yeah oh um, it seems like a straightforward. it's
3: th- nice to have a buddy during this testing you can't Already does it on his own good for
2: yeah,
3: him I don't have the dexterity to do it on my own
2: you could do it have to be
3: Lip, can you prick your finger you can i don't because of swimming i have to be oh. able to feel the water well and your fingertips kind of numb for a day if you do that oh really yeah oh, interesting. yeah uh, you'll see you'll see a lot of triathletes doing years i bet you could swimming. have
2: a continuous glucose monitor built on in the arm and and a, that and just a does lactate, lactate too you could i know someone could do this right, we, need all, to, we need to do this need,
3: we need to do this actually a million dollar this, idea. this is a retirement plan
2: well except for someone's already done it and I they're know. just like quietly haven't announced it yet exactly
3: So how this went into the structure of, this is the Norwegian method in, in practice. Mm -hmm. So Matt, I'll describe this set to you because young Matt and young Evan would have handled this set differently. Sure. We start at 520 that first one 1K Feel fine. I'm working into it. I'm a triathlete. I'm a little fatigued. So I'm like, yeah, legs feel a little stiff. 2K, get to the end of it. I measure I'm 3.3 millimoles. That is my LT2. Literally, from yeah. all the averages I've taken, no lie, 3.3 is actually my LT2 that, okay. that, that I have guesstimated. Let's give me a plus or minus 0.2. Sure. Sure. 3.3, basically, round the dot. I'm like, cool. But I started to feel good. So I'm feeling good at 3.3. In my head, I know now that's my LT2. I cannot go above this effort now. We're staying there. Younger me would have said, I feel kind of good. Right. I'm going to push this 3K. Okay. <laughs> so, we run we run this 3k now. I stayed dead on 520 again. Feeling even better now. Okay. Dead on 520. We go into the 2k, run in 520 again, dead on. Take the measurement again. 2.2. Oh. So what that showed is my body now at that effort, my lactate shuttle, yes. which is basically your body's Physiological process of processing lactate back into it's, energy. There's some
2: very interesting pieces to that. There's some very interesting. Actually, this is the lactate shuttle could be lactate, a whole other lactate shuttle. It's like maybe that could be a dive. Be like The difference between talent and and non-talent. And why athletes. VO2 max
3: only matters a little bit. Yeah, lactate better. shuttles. your This is why Lance Armstrong was amazing. His lactate yes. shuttle. Yes. So dropped, which is awesome. I run that next 1K. We come through the 800, and I feel fine. Still running 520. Like fine and decide to close that 200 fast just to stride the legs out feel absolutely great get to the end of that workout rest for a little bit eat jump on the bike and do a quality like three-hour bike session younger me and if I was not training by what the Norwegian method is showing us I would have felt good at that 3k pushed hard pushed hard probably been pretty tanked at the end of that track session mm-hmm. garbage bike workout yeah run the next day is gonna be tough legs are gonna be hurting mm-hmm. all that that is how you take what the Norwegians are doing right now and boil it down to simplicity
2: is, I think there's more to their method there too. They're, they're doing, have you ever read like Arthur Linyard stuff? Yeah, actually, I did. I have something that not, we not all of his, but I've been really enjoy, I think because yeah. it's the same kind of concept where very similar to Norwegians, you have New Zealand, which is just this like tiny little country mm-hmm. and you have, all these Olympians come from there, right? And like, what's going on in New Zealand? And they're all coached under the same person. They're all from like the similar area. It's like very similar to what's going on in Norway, except for this happened 40 years ago. yeah, Right. And this one coach was like,
3: they were winning 5k, 10k medals at that time, weren't they? 800.
2: They were winning everything. And uh, so I think it's just one of those things where it's like, it basically comes down to lactate training works yes and he was doing more like it's the most to accurate your... measure
3: we have right now whether you look at like like heart rate because there, there, there's right. so many more variables that go into it lactate does seem to be the one that once you find that person's specific yeah. ranges it's a pretty darn consistent measure like For it's him, pretty the it's way pretty consistent. he
2: describes it is like you have to build aerobic capacity yes and so yes. that's having 800 meter runners run 18 mile long runs yep. and I mean, yep. it's just like stuff like that, and it's like you build up these young athletes yep. again, and you develop that aerobic capacity, and then they can run extremely well. Yeah, so that was running in the '70s. Yep, and think, you can 60, build 70s, and
3: you, so you can probably. build that aerobic capacity when you're not trying to train polarized. Right, always think of that is. The the one thing from this talk, and I'm starting to realize, even with my own coaching, is I'm trying to pull people away from thinking that polarized is the way I got to go because I see a lot well, of burnout from it. It
2: depends on if you're the person. Description though. of polarized is go to the well, shag jog the next day. Like, zone one, I, zone two to zone five. I think I think that your concept of say like go L just below L two is a very valuable mm-hmm. location of training. Yeah. That, that and then also
3: finding out. your lt one, which is that. That that effort that is there's the it, it's funny how the, the, the gray zone got a bad name for for a while. It's like never train the gray zone. Uh the Norwegian method is saying orange spend theory. spend a spend a lot of time in the gray zone is actually what yeah. the Norwegian, but it's saying your your LT1 is where your body starts to accumulate a little bit of lactate. That is what they're finding is is where they build up a ton of their volume, mm-hmm. which is why a guy like Jakob Ingis Britson or a great example is Uh, I was looking at the Norwegian cycling program. They have a really specific range of watts that they want on their aerobic rides, like really specific actually. Mm. And the reason is is because they don't want to be going too easy. And of course they don't want to be going too hard on those base rides, but they want to be getting the most value out of that five hour long. ride. So let's say their FTP is probably
2: like 350 and they're like, oh, you're going to spend a ton of time at 220, 240. Right at 220,
3: 240. You're just sitting right there.
2: A lot of time there. Yeah. Zone
3: zone two-ish kind of. Yep. Whatever.
2: yeah, whatever. And you know, not, right. and not
3: 180. They'd be really specific. They're like, no, more you know? Too easy. Unless, unless you feel trashed, yeah. like maybe once a week they're doing that. But yeah. the
2: thing is to not feel trashed.
3: That's the goal. Like the whole yeah. plan, exactly. So. And that's even what I find with myself is it's hard not to, cause it is a big bolus of training. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And they do a lot of volume. They do.
3: They do a lot of volume. So I think when you're talking, how does this apply to me? It's know where your two thresholds are start to get mental checks where those are. Don't complicate it with five zones. Nobody knows five zones. Five zones is ridiculous.
1: Can somebody determine where their L2 is going to be at without the ability to test?
3: There's a t-shirt. No, yeah, without testing. The shirt that we used was pretty cool. Actually, I I was looking at a really cool study where they took lactate measures and they wanted people to guess if they were over or under LT1. And they really described and educated these people what LT1 meant. What they found was the best cue was can you talk? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: If you could talk, you were now they called it strained conversation in the study. So it was not, can you talk like we are right now? If I was on the phone with Jake, he'd be able to tell that I'm doing something. Yeah. But it's kind of like this. Okay. You know,
2: a little bit. You can still hold a conversation.
3: Yeah. But yeah. you can still hold a conversation and mentally you can still engage in a conversation, which was actually a cue that they were using oh, in the yeah. study. Because what that shows is your body is processing whatever lactate is being produced. Mm-hmm. It is not accumulating at any rate. And your mind is not having to focus on the effort intensely. Yeah. I so see. it is a zone out conversational pace, but not if, if you know, if your FTP is 200 watts, you're pushing 80, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like make your time more valuable okay. would be, would be my suggestion is, you know that you're a busy, busy person. You got one hour. This is how even Cassie, I've been, we've been training Cassie his ways. we have found roughly what her LT1 is. At first, it was tough for her to really hold that for 45 minutes because you're kind of working, especially after sure. a long work day. But if you know you only have an hour, get some quality out of that. Know that today's an aerobic ride. We're going to ride right at what I think my LT1 is. And it'll take some time to find. It will.
2: Yeah. And then I think that they're saying, I can't remember, they say something like the Norwegians, like, conversation with a push. Yeah. Or something like that, right? Yeah that was what they that's why about. i this love is that a lot term. of stuff i, I love really that
3: term strained conversation yeah. strained i like that i like i like strained yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i haven't really dug into this before so this is really in, yeah. insightful it's it's interesting to listen yeah. to this but a lot of the stuff that you're saying is stuff that i've heard for many many years Of mm-hmm. like this is the, like when you're working and you want to be in this zone like, that that blue collar zone to go out there yep. do the work, work. in all the hours yeah. just work a lot of times it's like it's, you know, before heart rate monitor or before power meters, it was heart yeah. rate monitors. And it was always like, you need to be able to still maintain a conversation. Yep. Like you, if you're having to stop and take a breath in a sentence, you're probably working a little bit yeah. too hard. Back off a little bit. Yep. And for me, it was like, right I knew exactly what that heart rate zone was. Yeah. And, you know, you wanted to stay there and you didn't want to... Sp- like you didn't want to, you know, like be too easy and you push yourself. Exactly. That, little push. So this, yeah. is, this all makes a lot of sense. And
3: it's, and it's good. Cause I think that as you, especially in cycling, as somebody has been cycling, cycling longer and longer, especially if you do group rides, sure. you actually get a really good sense just in group ride culture of what that is. Yeah. I think younger runners get a good sense of that too. Cause if they run on a high school team, let's say they're running with friends. Yeah. And you could, Matt, Matt could probably ride his mountain bike in a group of 10 kids and know who's LT1 and who's a little over. Yep. Yeah. Who's that kid who's on the back who's not talking at all? He's like, he's struggled a little bit and looks like he's pushing a little bit too much.
1: Right. Well, so since we don't have a ton of time today, we need yeah. to wrap this up pretty soon. And there's a couple of people who are cyclists that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's just say for sake of an easy number to work with, 10 yeah. hours a week. What? How would you structure a ten-hour week for a cyclist if they yep. wanted to use this method to employ this method to get faster and stronger yep. on the bike? What would that look like for a cyclist?
3: Yeah. So, so this is actually an easier question for me than a triathlete because even in my own coaching, yeah. it's building this through triathlon is very complex. Oh yeah. Cycling's nice because there. So what the the eighty twenty rule? I actually think is a stretch. Twenty percent is a lot of lt two work at first. At first, that's what you want to build up to. Mm-hmm. But what I think is a good idea it is- You might work
2: for a cyclist at 10 hours a week.
3: Yeah, I mean like two hours of LT2 work though is gonna be a lot to start with, like a so lot. So for a cyclist, what
1: yeah. what is an LT2? So yeah, L2. so- <laughs> LT2, that's,
3: and that's actually a great question yeah. because I don't think FTP is a great guess on that. It's close, yeah. it's close. I think almost always, I'll say 95% of the time, your LT2 is actually gonna be under your FTP. FTP, I think is a pretty high guesstimate on power mm-hmm. and let's be honest, close, though. it's, it's ballpark, but yeah. this is, so what, uh, FTP is assuming is that that person has the fitness and ability to lactate shuttle for an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That's a long time. It is. I mean like, re- like, and let's, and let's all be honest. I I know what I say my FTP is. Everybody here at the sale, could you hold your FTP for an hour right now? Do you think? No, I guess maybe I know. I no, could. it hurts. I'd be that, dead. Yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be. So, smoked. do you
1: think that that ninety-five percent is probably too generous of a number? That it's a, a yeah. lower percentage? Yeah, I yeah. think it's closer to
3: eighty-five to eighty-eight yeah, for that most people. Right to me. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's just from enough people I'm coaching, seeing how yeah. they respond to certain intervals. I had to bring those numbers down over time because I was like, I can't be. I'm not smoking it. Like my goal is to go Norwegian method. I'm not trying to smoke these people in their two to three minute intervals. Sure. And if you're doing your FTP intervals and you're like, man, two three minutes in, that felt hard. That's not your lt two then you're accumulating lactate well beyond that 3.3 mark then. Mm-hmm. You're probably in the fives or sixes. That yeah. That's when it starts to feel hard. Like hard is north of five millimoles in my opinion. So right. what you should be doing. Now, this does not mean that you don't do intervals that are higher watts, but you got to understand you don't do them every single week. If you have a three-month block, two to four weeks of that should be tough.
2: I think, okay, so here's my weird two cents on this. I think it depends on your age because recovery for younger high school kids, much faster. They can just bounce back from anything.
3: Yeah. But even those kids, I think still, and you'd probably agree there's a lot of coaches overstretch, I think still, even with those kids, they're like, we're going to race three times a week and do a hard workout. You're like,
2: (laughs) here's what's crazy is we don't like, we have, this is this week for me. Yeah. We have a race today. We don't have any control of the coach. Like our school doesn't have any control. I can can pull some kids out. I can take some of the varsity kids out of the race. Mm but like I can't take everyone out of the race because no, we're, we're racing. Yeah. And so, uh, and then we have another race on Saturday. This, this goes
3: into the cycling season. Well, let's oh, say that yeah. you're, I mean, let's say you're Lance. Let's say yeah. Lance. Let's, Lance is a perfect Let's, example. let's talk. Well, Lance. Here. Let's say you're racing three times that week. Yeah. Three times. Do you think his Watts are going over his LT2? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, guaranteed, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd be shocked if they weren't. So you got to look at your year. Is your goal bolus of racing? If your goal is bolus of racing, everything that is not a race is easy lt1 Which could
2: work for lance Good. He, i mean because he, he was Good. racing so much you could maybe
3: survive a race season off that so i would say you find your lt1 let's say lance's lt1 is 200 to 210 i would say lance if you got 10 hours this week we know three of it's going to be racing five of those seven hours let's say roughly around three quarters of it at least is going to be in that lt1 range and the other bit the other two hours is spinning like yeah. just just move the bicycle and that's it or don't ride like a monkey (laughs) yeah exactly so like that is where look at your season and you know that if you already have built-in lt2 work which is going to be race day you can't be throwing in another interval workout into there that's the three four workouts in a week cool that might last for a month and you'll probably get a big grab in fitness you probably feel great If, if, if if you ever saw dylan's video on blocked periodization
2: yeah Great. Yeah, you can get the big peaks. Oh yeah. From, you'll feel really do, good. You can do but, what are those what is it called? The block block periodization, which no, is there's the, another uh, like
3: reverse like block periodization is another one. But yeah, it's like it's like four hard workouts in a week, like really yes. hard. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna get a big bump in fitness. But short term. If you're ta- yeah, 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 if if you're talking off this method, and this is what I'm trying to convince more and more people I'm coaching, is I don't want to actually see those really big improvements in fitness yeah. in short time periods. I want to see you stay healthy for nine months. And by the end of that nine months, you don't need an off season. Not that, not that I say like, Hey, we're not taking off season because go, go on a vacation and enjoy the kids. like do unstructured stuff. But if you get to the end of your season, whether it's triathlon running or cycling, and you were like, I am dead, smoked, done. You you need to look at how you trained that year and be like, this isn't sustainable. This, this, you should never get to that point. And that is, I think the Norwegian method, even though I know some people look at it as this marketing, we're like, Oh, this is only for the elites it's actually more approachable for the general population because it's showing you that you don't, need to, mellow. you don't need to kill yourself all the time. You do not like mm-hmm. find where your thresholds are and respect them. Mm-hmm. That is what the Kenyans have done. And it's clearly worked for them for a long time. And I'm not saying every Kenyan does or every Norwegian does this. It's, it's it's the ones who are successful seem to be doing this yeah. and we need to
1: listen let's just peel back this onion just a little bit more in terms of thresholds and intervals can you define what a Norwegian interval would look like are yeah. we talking about like a 20 minute actually, interval kind of on these yeah are we talking about like thirty-second seconds pretty like long. maximal
3: I mean they're pretty long yeah. actually so um if you were doing LT I'll give you an example of a work I just did um I do I I like to build into lt2s because it's more realistic into how I time yeah. trial usually uh, so I would do um, 15 minutes at my LT one, just above my L T one, actually. So let's say for me that's 260 watts, okay. And let's say my FTP, just for people who I know, if we're talking FTP terms, is 340, 350 is where I'm sitting right now. Um, so just above my LT one is going to be in the 260s. So I'm going to hold that for 15 minutes. Then I'm going to ramp up to five minutes at 305, and then I'm going to do one minute right at my LT two, which for me I think is 330, okay, roughly. So let's say that my FTP is 350 is what Zwift tells me. I think my LT2 is closer to 330 because that feels like something I could hold for like 10, 15 minutes if I really wanted to, but it's going to be work. It's going to be very hard. So I want to be under that. Mm -hmm. So really like 325 to 330. I really want to be under that at the end of that. Then I repeat that and I repeat it again. So I, I, I repeated that six times in that workout. So the work of the workouts two hours. Now let's say you're somebody who does not train 26 hours a week. 30 minutes of that. Okay. Okay. If you train 10 hours a week, let's say you're a third of what I would do in that volume. So if that's an hour and a half workout for me in that range, 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And now here's the cool part of this is, and this is what I do for Cassie too, is an LT1 workout is great. Because you start out, let's say your LT1 is 180 watts or whatever is what you find. You're like, that's when I'm strained conversationally. Start at 30 minutes, then two weeks later, you're about 40 minutes, then 50. Just layering it then up. Then an yeah. hour. And if you know that you have 12 weeks to lead up into race season, by right before race season, you, you weren't doing crazy intervals. You weren't killing yourself. But now for 90 minutes, you can hold that base wattage. And what feels good during a bike race? Having really good base wattage. You can hold in the oh, peloton yeah. and feel like you have more matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We always think that building matches is always, oh, I got to work my top end all day no 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 having matches is you have just like matt said with really good runners like you're able to recover very good aerobic and base,
2: shuttle that lactate you got it yeah at a certain point basically you're recovering when everyone else is the best
3: the best metaphor i heard was you cannot build a beautiful house on sand so it's like you need to have a really good aerobic base mm-hmm. and then after and this is people don't want to hear this it takes years this isn't like a, you don't do oh. this for six months and you're like, boom, yeah. man, I'm like an aerobic monster it, right now. I think you're going to get better, but it does not yeah. happen in six months. I think that's
2: why you see these, these like basically kids that are targeted that develop into these really yeah. good athletes. Cause it's like, cause they uh, started when they were 10. So, so long. It does. And I tell my high school that kids this, I was like, the, your biggest weakness is aerobic capacity. Yeah. It's not speed. No. It's like
3: you can all run faster 400 meters. Yeah, that's oh, not a problem. You and I, you and but I both like, no know if I was to hop into one of your 8 by 400 workouts with these kids, there's a good chance I can't hang on.
2: No, they can. I mean, yeah, they can solid. all. I mean, sub 60s, no problem. Yeah, it's just the problem. You know, they just, they, they haven't had the years of, of exactly easy distance and
3: all, all boiled down and layers pulled back of the onion. Be patient. Yeah, that was one of the best quotes I heard from one of these podcasts talking about this method. Is it is about being if you can't be patient. Cool, go polarized. Do something else. You're gonna get some short-term benefits. You might have a little bit of fun racing. Odds are you're probably gonna end up injured. Sorry, that's just like I'm. I'm, I'm a PT. I see too many people come in with these issues. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're probably gonna end up injured at some point. But for
1: the triathlete,
0: is that well, the mean, for the going to be injured okay. after it. Yeah, runner Cyclists,
3: cyclists, I would say would get burned out quicker. Yeah, because I was talking with David about this. It's like VO2, like like you said, VO2 yeah. work is hard. It's, it is. it's It's valuable in short doses yeah. and, and I use it very sparingly throughout the year, but I, I, I will still do VO2 work, but it is, I mean, I got like two VO2 blocks the entire year. Like that's 52 weeks. I'm doing like two weeks worth of VO2 work.
1: What about the ever popular sweet spot training from training or trainer road?
3: Sweet spot training is pretty close on to a Norwegian method, but I think I actually, from what was the trainer Road sweet spot range, I brought my wattage down in those efforts a little bit mm-hmm. because I felt like it was a little too close to LT2. Gotcha. And then when they really, I mean, some, some of those workers get to like four by 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're pretty, I mean, four by 20 minutes at LT2 is not happening. I don't care who you are. That's, I mean, unless you're pogacha you're, you're not throwing out four by 20 minutes at LT2. That hurts. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> a ton of pain. That's yeah. a lot of pain. Just two of them. Yeah. That hurts. Four, four Three, by 20 uh. minutes for me would be like a little over, like, like, like if somebody gave me like, hey, do four by 20 minutes and I want you to get a lot of value out of this. I would do it in between my LT1 and LT2 probably yeah. at that 50 percentile. So kick
1: your ego out the door. Yep. With respect to the numbers that you want to go out and tell everybody that, you know, mine FTP is yeah, X and exactly then train in a realistic zone and yep just go do the And worst. you'll
3: see better race results. You you will over time. You you, you got to be patient, but you will see that all of a sudden. One, you'll also realize you don't feel as tanked with training, which I think is the most important thing. Because gotcha. also, if you're somebody listening to this and you got kids in a job, yeah, you can't be tanked all the time. No. You're not an Olympian. You can't go lay on the couch for eight hours and recover. You got to like go take the kids out and do something. True that. Yeah. Cool.
1: This was uh this was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look into this a little bit more, and Evan, I'm gonna ask you some questions. Yeah,
3: so. I need I need to keep on following up on this too. I'm yeah on a dive fine. right now. It's fun. We do it with 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 the the next topic, and actually, I I'd love to see if people are actually interested in this. If you're not, that that that's fine. Say it, you're not talking about the lactate shuttle is really interesting topic. Oh my gosh, yeah, because this that answers is. a question that I know everybody's a hot topic is like why did Lance have a lower VO2 but he was so fast? There's there's an answer there. There is. Yeah. Well, VO2 also it wasn't that. Low though was not, it? Well, Wasn't it, not compared to the best. He, really, he even will say in interviews he had a very, as he called it once, I heard him called it a pedestrian VO two, which is hilarious. Huh. It was anything but pedestrian. Yeah. but it was not remarkable. Same thing with Galen Rupp, another great runner locally. Yeah, nothing, had a, nothing had stupendous a bit about
2: it. More of a stronger understanding of lactate, lactate yeah. um, shuttling at that. Ferrari, point.
3: Ferrari had a very good understanding of yeah. what matters. Yeah. So Evan, how's your coaching
1: program going? You're you're working with some athletes. Going well. Do you it's have any well. openings.
3: I do have a few openings actually right now. Ah. I do. I do have a few openings. I've I've really been enjoying shifting my career a little bit. And I would say right now for how many people I have, I probably have four openings going into 2023. I'll say four. Cool. Yep. So I, if you're listening
1: and you're interested, maybe, you, go. maybe you can hit up
3: Evans. We, we, we can pretend like I'm not Italian, too. We'll pretend like I'm Norwegian, and this is why I know all these things. My skin tone would say that, yeah. <laughs> We've got to adapt Madsen, the price yeah, of Evan Madsen. Evan
2: All right, let's jump into one last thing. Matt, you want to go first? Um yes i don't know what to talk about i, I the I, I posted a video last week about the new wahoo kicker it's called the i mean i don't know what they want to call it they say so v6 used some, yeah the v6 but sometimes they'll call it by the year the 2022 wahoo kicker or sometimes they'll do v5 v6 i think the v6 is what i, I kind of did officially in the title officially
1: when i got all of the information they called it version 6 or v6 yeah. six for short
2: yeah and uh it has wi-fi yeah. now is the big announcement. Also, it does this ERG easy ramp thing, which you would really? actually like. So, like, if you ever get into some sort of, like, ERG situation, you're in a workout or whatever and it's, like, ERG, yeah. that's what you do. You have to go to the bathroom, you get off, or whatever, and you get back on, you can't get, it. you can't, it's, it's like, terrible. locked.
3: You have they, to turn your ERG mode off, get back yeah. up to speed, and then turn it back so, on, yeah. So,
2: now what it'll do is it'll ease you back up. Oh. It's very yeah. nice. That's actually very nice. very useful. So the yeah. Wi-Fi, a little respon-
1: they're claiming that it's about a quarter of a second faster in quarter. terms of how fast it fasted- yes. Interacts with the app. So for racing faster it's and more, and more reliable, more, more yeah.
2: stable, yeah. less dropouts. Yep. So lots of little things also cost a little more, hundred bucks okay. more.
3: Yeah. I was kind of expecting that. I'd be shocked. I, if it I, I would inflation?
1: have pushed them to go the other, it, it could be, but yeah. when you've got the likes of Zwift bringing their own trainer to market at 500, 500 bucks, bucks, I mean, granted it doesn't it's have all the bells
2: and whistles. No, that's a really good point. Gonna, the drop problem with that is Zwift hub is it's, it's, I, here's the thing i don't think that that's going to be as nice of a trainer it's just not going to be no it, but
1: it, it rendered the snap obsolete i mean that's going away this, and then we've got the kicker core that's effectively close to the same thing i that's the thing is i
2: think it is much more of a kicker core or, com- yeah. competitive option so if so, you're into indoor cycling you're probably going to spend some money and get something a little nicer maybe
1: yeah are you gonna spend 400 bucks more to get a kicker core
2: over the zwift no Okay, no, I think I would. I would do. My younger self wouldn't. If I
3: would have been grabbing the cheapest
2: option, would that's you spend right. eight hundred bucks more to get that no. kicker? I think that's the big jump. It's like you're you're either going to spend five hundred bucks or a over a thousand dollars, yeah. or it's really like twelve hundred yeah. or whatever. I mean, That's a kind of like Thirteen. those are your those yeah. are your choices. That
3: thousand one, dollars just marketing, the guys. No, around it's around I mean, Still a hundred bucks
1: yeah.
2: cheaper than the Tax Neo, but I know. Which the Tax Neo price, price just blows my mind. It's a nice yeah. trainer. I have it at my house. It's just not. It's not. It's not nicer than no. the Wahoo kicker. Do you have? Wa- the, you have a kicker or kicker four? I have a what kicker. You have, you have a regular kicker. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's good. It's excellent choice. No complaints. It's. it's just, it has to do. I think the most with the flywheel weight. Ah. Yeah, it so is very heavy. It's yeah. very heavy. My theory on yeah. like when trainers feel good, you're like it's the flywheel weight. Yeah, yeah. you know. I don't. I don't,
1: I don't disagree with you. So. Yeah, I've got one that's, I haven't ridden it yet. It's actually just set it up this morning on my wife's bike and gonna get her riding on it. And then I'll at some point in time maybe jump sneaker, on her bike just to sneak yeah. your bike on there sometime. Yeah.
2: because everybody's got the wrong cassette, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll figure something out though. Okay. But just,
1: I would just want to feel how it feels. I and mean, I've been riding the kicker bike and I've quite enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. The, the nice. new one's supposed to be the same concept with the speed ramping and the Wi Fi. It's supposed right. to have. Um, it's supposed to be a little bit quieter. It makes a little bit of like the spaceship noise. It's not bad. It's not yeah. loud by any means at about. all. Yeah. But it sounds mm-hmm. like a little bit of a spaceship, and th- that on the new one evidently is gone. And there might be a other little software tweaks that this one is. But gonna, for the most
2: part, the new. This, this is my question because I have no idea. But the the new big Wahoo bike. Yeah. That they sell. What did they call it? The kicker bike. Yes. Mm-hmm. That one. It's mostly software updates and.
1: Ish. Yeah, I don't know what not. they did to change the noise in terms of like how. Right, it's like Minor like tweaks. virtually quiet now. I just don't
2: know. Three hundred bucks more though. It costs. Oh man,
1: they raised the price on that. Th- it was like
2: I think it was. Those are expensive, right? They're like two grand. I think it was like six hundred to Thirty-six
1: hundred dollars to thirty-nine hundred dollars oh, oh now. My so, gosh, so it might so even be four hundred bucks. I got to go double check, but I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, th- it, here's another question for you: How many people do you know that are into the the triathlon and cycling community who don't have a smart trainer?
2: Yeah, we're at peak. Peak. Yeah. It's saturated out it's there. It's saturation. Saturated. Yeah. Um, and they're
1: not innovating. They're not doing things that are crazy. Like, oh my gosh, I've got to have the fill yeah. in the blank I, because it's got
3: price. If, if I was one of those companies, I would find a way to drop that price where I could hit a whole new market. No, that's what, I'd, I'd want to hit up. Yeah. Yeah. And, Which, I mean, and, and that was gonna, super smart. And I think
2: they're going to crush once they figure I think out They're going to really crush. They need to figure out some accuracy issues. But once they do that, I think they're good. But let's be honest. If you're like. The best software, they'll if, figure it out.
3: If you're like me when I was 19 and I, I mean, like I was back on just a fluid trainer, I just basically got from the shop that I worked yep. at. Like if you're that kid who's like, I really want to do online cycling, I can only afford something like 200, 300, 400, but yeah, like at most, yeah. I don't care if it's accurate. I'm just like yeah, pumped. I'm on Zwift oh, at that point. One cool
1: thing that they did add that I kind of appreciate is the new odometer yeah now that's the true. thing with that is i don't necessarily want to know an odometer i want to know how many hours you wrote it because if you're riding on swift no. <laughs> no. and you're yeah. going at 28 miles an hour at 180 no. watts it doesn't work like that yeah it's if it's
2: more of like a like right. how much time you've spent on it like it's um it's assuming like rotations and assuming a 700 cc wheel yep. it's making some assumptions but then it just gives you a real mileage it's not it doesn't it's not like pulling it from swift not pulling it from swift good yeah <laughs> i'd
3: love to see that split
2: i know but that'd, that'd be funny i think um, i think
3: you, jake and i decided for for me at least i know it was um if there's a 20-mile ride, it's probably 18. I think is what we decided, right? So it was like two miles an hour per hour or two miles per hour or something like that. Faster? Yeah.
1: Wait, yeah. So if you're, like you're in, in real world, it or says world, yeah, yeah. if you're riding out on the road, it's 18 miles an hour. You jump on Zwift for the same effort,
2: it's 20. Oh, so that's, yeah.
3: That that was going to be my guess. It was about two miles an hour.
2: Yeah. It depends on where you ride on Zwift, right?
3: Oh yeah, you can make Zwift way slower than real life if you
2: wanted to. That's what I was like. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was testing that odometer, I was like, I'm just gonna ride to Zwift and never come yeah. down. I'll yeah. never go down. It'll just be like <laughs> Matt has ridden this trainer for three miles the yeah. entire time <laughs> the entire time he's ever been here. Oh, that's fun.
1: Cool. Well, that was a good video, Matt. Another one.
2: Another video. I gotta figure out what's next. I've got like a, f- I have a whole bunch of products that are cool. are just in the in the can that needs to be put together. A lot of work. That's what happens when you're famous, see.
3: man. Evan, one last thing. Racing this weekend. That is it. That's going to be fun to watch. I am excited.
1: Can people follow you? Is, is that going to be one of those things? Ad- yeah.
3: I don't think there's going to be video of this race. I don't think I don't think it'll be on Ironman now.
2: So we'll who, see. Who's going to win this race? Who Have you seen the starting list? It depends list? on who shows up. You haven't seen the starting that
3: list? That starting list is 42 guys, and I have no idea who on that list is actually going to show because we just had a lot of racing in a short time period. Yep. So it's who shows up, who's healthy, who wants to win because it's going to be a tough day with the heat one more time how many people are in the race 42 on the start list i bet there won't be 42 in the race, call your so. shot where do you land 14th 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 i like tenth. that
2: yeah it's a good guess Not over or under i employ. or even money no it's gonna be under i think it's so? Have, so it's gonna have a good day yeah
3: yeah i need to have a good day
1: i want you to have a good day i'm gonna take the under two i'm excited okay I like yep. the number 12 12 I sounds really
3: good. I really like, really like good the number. sound of a top 10 but Cassie's made me be a little bit more realistic because I really in Santa Cruz had very very high hopes for that race I think so you I was need a little to I think
2: you need to limit your matches yeah. on the bike and then just be like I'm gonna go run for fast. go for yeah. broke on you know after halfway through the run just be like I'm gonna run down a whole bunch of people yeah it's gonna be that's kind of plan is, it's gonna be so much fun to do it that way
3: yeah I I need to catch a group on the bike I'm gonna play it smart then and then we're running fast so yeah yeah No No.
1: penalties, no timeouts. No
3: penalties. Oh my God. No penalties. I'm going to. You don't
2: really get penalties.
3: That was a fluke. Did you that ever was. hear back
1: from them on that or did you nope. just like let it let it be nope. just let it be it's, it just,
3: lie. It's pointless, yeah. too much too much anger there and needed to just focus on this race it was it was too <laughs> close this race I was like we're just focusing on this next one gotcha.
1: all right my one last thing real quick is that there is going to be a really fun cyclocross race this weekend out in Washougal put on by zone five it's one of the races of the harvest cross and our nice. good friend over there at zone five Scott Schultz has uh, oh, got yeah. something pretty special up his sleeve and I think that that's going to be one that everybody's going to want to go out and check out watch be a part of in in it's going to be out there at the Washington Motorcross track. They've got oh, like yeah. full like autonomy to do whatever they want out there. They've got the That's full awesome. venue. They've got the full PA system, the full awesome. everything. And I think Scott's got something. I think Scott's
2: all in on this one. He yeah. is going to be good. Good job, Scott I, I, puts on good races
1: gotta see if i can fix
2: my i want to go out there yeah, on my gravel bike and ride this long. Get yourself on the pa system then. it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> dry go, so you could just go out there and ride a little bit well, you don't have to do the racing
1: yeah i went out there last year and did the same thing just watched and, and made a little Road. video of about yeah. it and it was a ton of fun to be out there all day long but anyway that should be a fun one so anyway that is it for this week we will be back next week with another one and until then bye for now Do it. Get together with some outdoors. Hey, I got five dollars for the winner of you three next lap. Five dollars cash for the winner.